This is the Making a Musical podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Thrapp. The podcast follows the development and execution of our critically acclaimed musical, Good Morning New York. We open off-Broadway at the Players Theater this January. Previews begin January 9th. Opening night is January 11th. We still have tickets, but those are going fast, so get your opening night tickets or just get other tickets. Those are all at goodmorningnewyorkmusical.com. We also have an album out, and someone who's on the album is joining me today, Darren Cimentino. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. So you're in Swept Away, which was our single that we released, and you have a few lines and a few accents, mm-hmm. and so let's talk about your your... Who, who are you in Good Morning New York? Give them a little info. So in Good Morning New York, I on a regular, I am playing an intern as well as general ensemble. I am the male swing, so that means if anyone gets sick or hurts themselves, I'm going on for any and all of them, including any corresponding tracks that they may have. Right, and you just posted an Instagram video this week that um, was pretty funny because you were go- you were at work and you had some yeah. time to yourself, so you were going through all of your parts because you're the swing for every single male character we have, which mm-hmm. is three. So I-, I hope that like two guys don't get sick at the same time because oh, I don't. Be dreadful. I don't know what we're gonna do if that <laughs> yeah. happens. So after after looking through everyone's parts, we have three characters. There's Steve the production assistant who wants to be a screenwriter, John, an executive producer, and then Billy, who's also an intern. Um, out of all three, who are your favorite? Um, okay. So, musically-wise, like, song-wise, I really, really like Steve's um, songs. They're, like, they're just, he has, um, it could also be due to, like, I've been listening to the actual actor, Zach Holden, who's playing Steve, and, like, he just has a really rich voice, but the way this, the music's written for him is wonderful. But character-wise, I'm really obsessed with Billy, because he is hilarious. Um, the actor playing him is hilarious. All of his dialogue written in the script is awesome, and I just, I low-key really hope that I get to go on for him one night, because being an idiot is my specialty. <laughs> yeah, so Billy is an intern, because there's two interns, and they always steal the show. They're played by Lexi and John Vogel, and so those two always just steal the show, because Lexi, um, throughout the whole show, you just think they're two funny, random characters, right. and they really don't matter, and then I won't spoil the ending, but the ending, you're like, oh my god, I didn't know that's what they were doing mm-hmm. the whole time, and so Lexi has a strong song in the end, and then John Vogel um, does something I'm not going to spoil in his character, his character does something in the end that's that's great, and John Vogel does stand-up comedy, too, yeah. so he also kind of created a lot of those lines that you're reading, those are all, um, not all, but a lot of them are John Vogel. Like he got in the script and like, he's a genius. I love watching him. He's just, he's like his, his facial expressions and just like him bouncing off the energy of other actors. He's, he's great. He's really, really great. And I saw you guys at rehearsal too, because you, you guys play the interns Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm excited. Yeah, I I hope John Vogel doesn't get sick. But if he does get sick, I'm very confident that you'll be able to come on in and just own that because it's really fun watching you guys together in rehearsal. And I think that the in, the mix of interns that we have, those are the characters, the interns. Lexi, John Vogel, you, and Theron, who's on an older podcast you guys might have listened to. It's a good mix. Oh, so yeah. They're Everyone, all-, all the interns are like uh different um different character aspects and different character choices but like as as like a as a unit it's just a 
great bundle of hilarity and just lots of chuckles, lots of laughs. Yeah. And I'm pumped to work with all three of them. How did you even get into acting? Like, what age were you? when, Or singing or writing or um, dancing? So it's... It's kind of like, not like haha funny, but it's just interesting how like my road went. I didn't get into like theater stuff or like chorus or anything like that until high school. Um, freshman year, um, I was really into film stuff. Hey, me too. Um, and I like auditioned for the school play, which was a Shakespeare play. Um, what was it? Midsummer Night's Dream. Um, just because, because I wanted to get into like... And I was like directing for film, like not even acting in film. And I wanted to, I'm like, if I can get um, a better understanding of actors, it'll help me in like the director world. And I started doing plays and I started falling in love with like that aspect of the world and more so being on stage than anything. Um, and then the next year we did Annie, which I will be lucky in my career if I never have to do Annie again. Why um, is the, it? It's just, it's, I know people love Annie, but for me, it's just so <laughs> exhausting. It's a tiring show, and you gotta be, like, on it all the time. Um, Wait, how, how? I've never been in a production of Annie, so I have no idea. It's just, it's so happy. It's like one of those campy musicals where you're happy all the darn time, and there's, like, only one point in, towards the end where, like, things kind of go down for a second, but then they immediately go back up. So Annie, I was I was several different ensemble feature roles, and all of them were like different charactery stuff, because that's normally my type. I'm a short, comedic tenor, um, and that's where I flourish. Um, so that show, just being that campy all the time, was just very emotionally exhausting. Like every now and then, I want to frown or just be miserable for a second, just so I can be a normal human. Um, but that aspect got me into like performing, but what made me want to be involved in musical theater as a whole was the first Broadway show I got to see was a production called Memphis, which was based off of a true story back in Memphis, Tennessee for the first white disc jockey to ever play black music on the radio. Um, and the story and the show resonated with me a lot and just being able to see other performers that were my color performing on stage where I come from an area where like we don't have that many. I can't count on two hands colored performers from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Um, and it was just, it, it was beautiful to me. And I knew from then, and like my mom liked to sing karaoke all the time. I come from a family of Filipinos and all Filipinos do is sing. Yeah. And your sister sings too. You had a show yeah, and she sang. My, my youngest sister is a singer. The other two, not so much. They do their own thing. But my youngest and myself took after my mom and we got really heavy into music. And so when I discovered theater and just mass music together, I realized that like musical theater was something I wanted to pursue. And I knew for a while that I wanted to come here. Broadway was here. A lot of different opportunities were here. I have family here. Um, and once I was able to get the knowledge and little training that I have from Pennsylvania and bring them here to make myself more um, comfortable and stand out in the things that I know that I'm good with, then it, I just knew it would be a good fit. And I'm here now living the whole off-Broadway dream. Is the theater scene in Scranton, Pennsylvania as wonderful as my imagination believes it is it it is surprisingly so what i'll say about it's not even just scranton it's like the northeastern pennsylvania region as a whole so there are theaters oh, yes it was a yeah joke. yeah oh, no no yeah yeah <laughs> is there a theater in scranton it, pennsylvania? yeah there is so like touring shows actually come through scranton pennsylvania we have the 
wow, what is it called? The Scrant the Scranton Cultural Center. We have like uh, the Rent National Tour comes through there. Really? Um, and I believe. Oh. Um, you have I a think, rent tattoo on your arm, by the yes, way. Yes, I do. No day but today is tattooed on my arm. I gotta get her touched up. She's a little rough, mm. but it's my favorite quote from the show. And I played Angel way back in the day. Oh, you did? Yeah. I used, oh. to, I used to rock the high heels. Nowadays, I want to be a Mark, but. Back in the day, yeah, I was an angel. Did you like the Fox live, even though it wasn't live thing? Did they mess it up? They messed it up. I would have rathered them, because they still recorded the, the well, no, what they, what they aired was the dress rehearsal, and they still recorded, like, that day, the performance that they were going to do, and I would have had rather seen that. Yeah. Um, I thought it was an interesting take. It wasn't my cup of tea. Mine either. And the dress rehearsal too, um, Mimi. Was that Vanessa? No. Uh, Played Mimi. Mimi. Oh, some other girl. Mimi, I can't remember her name. Oh. Van- Vanessa like, Hudgens was uh, Maureen. Yeah. Oh, there we go. But yeah, they were obviously like taking it a little easy because yeah. they had a big show tomorrow mm-hmm. and then that didn't go as planned. I would have rather seen the dude in a wheelchair just yeah. like going for it. That's just, it, it happens. Theater. It's a choice, but it's live theater. I would have rather see that. All these live productions are a little bit of, little bit of a mess. Oh, do you see Little Mermaid live? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, Queen Latifah was the only thing I cared about, and, the, and, the, and the special effects, and that's about it. There was a reporter, so I was talking about it on Twitter. I like sometimes just go, I go on Twitter rants when I binge watch stuff mm-hmm. or when I watch stuff live, and I do it on Instagram too, I guess. But Twitter's like I really go on Twitter. So I was tweeting about it, and then my news friend responded being like, yeah, it sucks. And then someone from ABC responded, and he was like a reporter for ABC. And he was like, I love it. It's so great. And then I was like, oh, you boy. have to say that. You work for ABC. <laughs> so I just like completely called someone out on Twitter. He didn't respond, which makes sense, because you can't. No. You can't. You can't say you dislike something that airs on the network that you work for. Now let's go back and talk about Scranton, Pennsylvania. So was it a high school production you were in or was it more community theater? I, I started in high school productions and then I heavily got involved in community theater, specifically um, like what I call my home community theater, the Act Out Theater. Um, it was run by Candace and Conway Rowe. Um, they have since moved away to Arizona um, doing a teaching thing out there and I love them dearly. They're my theater parents and I love you guys. Um, but they very much, they saw me, um, in, cause in high school, I'm, I'm like jumping all over right now. In high school, I was in theater productions and I also joined show choir and Candace's son was part of show choir with us. And she had come to see a few concerts, came to see a few of the musicals and plays and had approached me after one of them and was like, Hey, I run this, this community theater, not too far from here. We'd love to have you offer you like a scholarship to come do the program with us and blah, blah, blah. And I was with them for, I joined them in 2013. And I think the last production I did with them was sometime in 2016 or 2017. And we did, most of my resume is with that place, like Hairspray. We did this really touching and beautiful production of Columbinus about the Columbine shooting, which really resonated well with the community, especially because that was around the time that, unfortunately, mass shootings were picking up around. And it was relevant, and the community in Scranton was just... We got a lot of craze over productions at Act Out. The community there, like all the families and the kids, all loved it there. And I loved it there because I just never left. Um, I worked there a bunch. Like I was a stage manager and a stage hand there and just helped build things and whatnot. And I was just, it, the, the community scene there 
was very welcoming to me for and it helped me come out of my shell because if you had met me in 2012 2013 <laughs> i would not be nearly this talkative or energetic and i was very much severely antisocial and didn't know how to deal with people and theater and musical theater as a whole helped me come out of that and just discover the person that i wanted to be or who i was just didn't know how to be what made you want to go from scranton pennsylvania to new york city i moved here two years ago just over two years ago and around that time um i had i had recently dropped out of college um i had attended marywood university for about a year um and i couldn't really afford it anymore and college just wasn't really for me it's not um, for me either and so I, for two years, I kind of just hung around Scranton. I stayed active in, in the theater scene there and was working, but wasn't really like growing or progressing into anything that I wanted to do. And for like a year of that time, I had like my close friends and some of my family be like, why haven't you moved to New York yet? Like, you know, you have family there, you know, they support you, all this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And I was kind of, I guess I was just afraid that because I'm coming from an area where it's just musical theater, it's not like I, I, I'm not a trained dancer, I'm not a trained singer, I'm mostly, if not entirely, self-taught other than like my hands-on experience with shows or with show choir or plays or whatever. Um, and I just didn't want to come here and like be another one in the percentage of performers that just don't do well. And I wanted to make sure that... In New York City? Yeah, you know, City of Dreams. Um, I have a secret, by the way. Whoop. I'll share it out. I'll let you finish, but I have a secret about doing well in New York City. Oh, don't let me forget. I want to hear the secret. Yeah, it's a good secret. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that I was prepared before I came here. And finally, like, I remember there was just this one day that my mom walked into my room and she sat down next to me. It's like, Anak, which just like it's a, a Filipino for like son or 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 a child or whatever. I don't. I don't I actually don't know what it translates to. I think it's like just kid. Um, but she's like, uh, you should just move in with your grandparents. You know, they'll, they'll take care of you. You'll have a roof over your head. You just need to set yourself up with a job and then you're, you can be able to come and go as you need to and live out your dream go to auditions do what you want. You're, you're in a, you're in a good headspace right now. You're, you're emotionally and mentally ready and you're capable of doing this you just gotta go and i've had like former college professors that were telling me the same thing at the time my best friend was telling me the same thing at the time and i was just like all right screw it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go and on labor day of 20 what year is it now 2019 2017 i packed my bags and i came here and i'm in the spare room of my grandparents place in queens and i never left and i've think I've been doing okay since I got here. You have, because what people, if they follow you, they know this, but if they don't follow you, they don't know this, but they're about to find out yeah. that, yeah, you act, you do all these things. However, on top of that, you also have a great gig at the public theater. Oh, yeah. I have a great day job. The iconic public theater you work at mm -hmm. and you see so many shows. Mm -hmm. Not even just shows, but like I'm... You see celebrities all the time, and it's really overwhelming, the, like, the amount that you see in the short span of time that you see them in. Like, last week, at the show I was working, both Jake Gyllenhaal Ooh. and Jessica Lange <laughs> were in the house. My gosh! And I was just, I was red, because I'm like, oh, I love him. Oh, but I love her, too. And it, 
and then I the public theater also uh, public theater excuse me um, also um, uh, produces stuff for Shakespeare in the Park and Central Park and that's actually where I started with them over the summer. But we can't share all that because oh. all of this is going to be on our Saturday episode. Oh yeah, our Saturday you want to hear short. more. He's going to talk all about the public theater, how he got the job, what he does at the job, who he sees. It's awesome. Tune in. All of the amazing things, because I know that people really want to learn. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to move to New York City and work at the public and then act, like, that is a dream. But we're going to share all of that on Saturday. Heck yeah. So stay tuned for our Saturday short. This Saturday, that'll be out. Um, let's move on to a different topic. Back to New York City. Okay. So you came to New York City you're here, you're with your bags. What besides the public theater, where do you even start? Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. I have this this general talk with a lot of friends from either back home or just here in general that they haven't I have a handful of people in my life that like have been observing observing what I've been doing. I'm just a 5 foot 6 and a half brown boy from Scranton, Pennsylvania, who's doing well in the city, and they want to know if they're a good fit, what they should do. And my answer is always the same, is that everyone's journey is different. Um, I'm, I'm, my entire platform is all about pushing people to pursue whatever dream that they have, especially if it's in the performing arts, because it's not a dying field, but it's, it's underappreciated. Um, and there are so many talented people out there that self-doubt themselves constantly. And so long as you know your worth, you have good attitude, if, whether you have training or not, so long as you're a good person and you strive, be pre- prepared to get 100 no's before you get a yeah. But there is no really solid starting point. It just depends on 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 what you want to do with your life. Like me, yes, Broadway's here. It's not my only outlet. I'm doing an off-Broadway show now that I'm so happy to be doing. I've done off-off-Broadway, I've done cabarets, showcases, concerts, readings for new works. I was a summer camp counselor this summer, which is really cool. Um, I discovered I like working with kids, and I kind of maybe might want to be some type of vocal coach eventually when I am more qualified to do so. (laughs) Um, But there is no real starting point. It kind of just depends on what you pick, pick. Pick one thing and then just go for that leap. Because um, once you once you dive in head first, you're gonna be fine. This New York isn't as scary as people paint it out to be. It's, it's, it's a pretty cool place. It smells, but it's a great place. And it's really small. So here's yeah. a little, I do have a tip about being successful in New York the theater scene, but I also have a tip about just getting noticed in the New York theater scene. So, well, the first tip for people who are not on air, there's a thing called the Off-Broadway Alliance and they have open meetings every Ooh. month. And it has, like, it has a majority of the off-Broadway theater producers there talking. Like, not producers, but, like, the owners and some producers and then, like, one of the big lawyers for all the Broadway shows. I didn't know that. They're all just every month going and talking about what's happening and what they're going to do. And you can just walk in (laughs) and go. So that's for people who, writers, producers, yada, want to be involved. Um, So aside from that... When it comes to acting, and you're really good at this, is marketing. I think my little secret, well, my secret's always this. I always say, if you want to be on stage or whatever, and you can't write or you can write, just find a playwright to let them just 
produce someone's play, their new play, and then you can act in it, and it probably won't cost you that much. No. And you'll also get on TDF and Today Ticks. All you have, all you have to do is have a show, and then that show automatically is going to be marketed. Yeah. And then you're in it, and then your resume says off-Broadway, yada, yada, or off-off-Broadway, yada. Because all I've done in these past two years is network, 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 um, and the people that I've met here, I've been lucky enough to meet like an incredible tribe of performers, writers, producers, directors, etc. You, like Jackie said, it's a really small city. This community, because um, I'll I've Lexi in the show. Yeah. Um, I found out that she's a roommate of a girl that I know from back home that now lives here. Yeah. Um, it's which so is small. wild. Like you'll meet someone today that knows someone that you met months ago. Um, and everyone knows everyone, um, you're each other's future castmates and choreographers and all that stuff, and, like, I'm not about that whole, like, auditions and whatnot, some people can be very cutthroat, I'm not about that at all, I very much, we should be bringing each other up, strive mm-hmm. to, strive to get cast together, you're gonna be working together eventually, so you might as well, if, if someone gets a role over you, like, you know, Don't you cheer notice, them on. like, the cutthroat, well, maybe I'm speaking too soon, but in the news industry, I've noticed those who screw you over in the long term, who screw people over, usually don't last. No. I don't know how it is in the theater because I'm still new at it. But in the news, like if you're known as a jerk, you probably, yeah. you're going to, that's going to follow you and you probably won't get Absolutely. Far. In In this community, people don't realize that like it's not just about your talent. It's about your, your, your attitude and your ethic. No one wants to work with someone who's mean or a jerk or treats other people terribly and that gets around because it's such a small community if someone finds out that like you treated so and so terribly in this production last year and you submit to their friend's production the year after and they go to look at your references they're gonna see that like you're not good and soon sooner you're just the decline of you getting work is gonna be less and less like i i just came back in between uh our concert at 54 and us starting rehearsals for this, I just went to Mill Hall, PA to go, go do a production of Rocky Horror. And you have really cool photos, yes. by the way. I was Check rocking Instagram. high heels and a corset and a bodysuit, y'all. I look great. Mm-hmm. Um, did my own makeup. Didn't know how to do makeup, and I learned oh, how to do it. Really? That was wow. fun. Um, but the when I submitted for that show, the the director, the casting director, looked me up on Facebook, saw that I was... I didn't know casting directors do this anymore. Looked me up on Facebook, saw that I was friends with someone that he worked with forever ago. Messaged him. He's like, hey, this kid Darren sent sent in uh, material for the show. What do you think of him? And my friend said wonderful things about me, and they cast me on the spot. Stuff like that is going to happen, and it'll be the opposite effect of that, too, where you'll submit for something, they'll look you up on your social media, um, find someone that you know, that they know, ask about you, and if they say that you are not a good person, you're gonna get, like, chopped. You're not gonna make the cut. And that's why I'm so heavy on social media. I will say, social media is a lie, and I don't like it. Yeah, it's a, it's a major lie. It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors. But yes, I'm so absolutely. active on mine, and very much promote, like, who I am as a person on mine so much, because you have to have in this day and age, a presence on social media because that's how people find you now, which I didn't know until I got here. Like, I came to New York and had 400 followers on Instagram. I'm now at 1,400, 
as of today, which was mm, cool. And I just saw that yesterday. And I'm like, oh, cool. I still hate Instagram. But hey, you guys are all joining me on this journey. And it's really cool. But at network, market, be the oh, best you that you can be. Ter- generic, being generic. No. I'm being super generic. <laughs> well, what I've noticed, okay. So, I mean, there are not a lot of Broadway producers. And there are even less Broadway bloggers. So what I learned when we were doing the podcast for the Obie Awards and the New Off-Broadway Alliance Awards and the Tony Awards, mm-hmm. we have a podcast. We're not big. We submitted to get on the red carpet, and we did get on, not the Tonys, but we got the Tony. We got a different party for the Tonys. Gotcha. But you get on the red carpet because there's like five people who blog about it, and that's it. Like, there's no, it's, there's, it's so easy to get into. That. Yeah, no one knows this because a lot of people are on kind of your side where you're acting and trying to get out there and you're mm-hmm. going to auditions. But if you, like, go on the other side, the people who are, like, picking, there's, like, no one. You see a billion actors and then there's, like, barely any Broadway bloggers. And if they are, like, I'm friends with the Broadway bloggers and I follow all of their followers. So then their followers follow me back. Boom. It's a chain. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it's such a, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but coming from a media standpoint and a producing standpoint, not a lot of people. Interesting. Not a lot. And the marketing's so, e- like, oh my God, get on, getting on to Daytix, all you need is a, is a theater, which, yeah, it might be, I know that sounds a lot, but it might be, <laughs> like, between 300 to 500 bucks that night. Okay, that's, that sucks. But a lot of theaters sometimes will do 50-50 splits where you don't have to pay for mm-hmm. the theater, they'll just split ticket sales. And then that theater will put you on to Daytix and TDF. And then you're like, look at me. I have a theater show. And That's then, dope. Yeah. I don't know. I always pitch this. I pitch it to every single person. Zach Holden, I went hard. I was like, <laughs> Zach, write and produce and go. But yeah, there's no one producing. But there's a, a sh- lot. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people who want to be cast. Oh, absolutely. Which is great. And, but it's just too competitive. I, I couldn't do it's, it. It's a, it's a hard field. I'll say that. You'll like, never see me auditioning. A, I can't act. And B, I don't I like do. going to auditions anymore. Like, because mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm non-union. So, like, the chances of me getting seen at a cattle call EPA at 9 o'clock in the morning, people showing up at 4 a.m., is slim to none. I don't like sitting in a, in a room full of cranky people for six hours for me not to get seen. It's stressful. I have a pitch for you. Go. Okay. This is actually... Probably one of my best ideas for an actor. Okay. It came to me, but I've been sitting on this for a while. Here's what you got to do. So you have to... What are the steps to get an actor's equity card? You just have to have like nine shows? I'm still trying to grasp how... There's like... There's a couple different ways you can get your equity card. There's like the long way of getting points... Yeah, no, I'm not doing that. But you have to, all you need, from what I remember, is a principal role in an off-Broadway show, right? Yeah, they can offer you, like, depending on the contract or the show, mm-hmm. you can get offered your card on the spot, which is so your easy. big break thing. So here's what you got to do. You or a playwright, you just got to find a one-man show that you can produce yourself in New York City and then make it equity. So, yeah, you'll have to pay yourself um, and then document it so maybe you find a producer and you pay that person nothing but then you say hey here's a playwright you produce this and then you write you offer me equity 
and then I will act in this show, therefore I am now equity. And then you have, like, I think it's like a minimum performance of nine, I think. Aww. One man show, you get paid equity rate, because obviously you have to, and then you have someone else produce it so you don't just look like a con artist. And, um, and you basically pay for it through Indiegogo or your own funds. That's my pitch. One man show. Make it equity. Done. Listen, I could, I could probably write a one man show. I could, yeah. I could pull that off. You saw, you sh- saw my one man show concert thing over the summer. Yeah, exactly. That's how we, that's how we didn't meet. You saw me, but I didn't get to meet you that Yeah, I night. know. Yeah, yeah. That's true. That, see? Do, exactly. Do that, but make it equity, but also have two other people, like, not, that are not you, on one producer and then one playwright, or you can be the playwright, mm-hmm. just so when Actors Equity is like, okay, who'd you cast? I cast Darren. And I gave him this contract. So right. you don't, you're not writing a contract ah, to yourself. That's literally like creating your own work. I love that. That's all, And that's all you have to do. One man show. Who cares if people come? Yeah. I mean, it's going to be great though. I'm sure it's going to be great. Heck I'm just yeah. saying like, you want to be equity? Do it. Like, <laughs> I, this is all you have to do. Because sometimes I'm walking down the street and I'm thinking to myself, well, not currently. No, kind of currently because I did start writing something new. But... Yeah. Years ago, I'd be riding, I'd be walking down the street thinking about Good Morning New York, and then I'd just think, you know, I could cast myself in this. <laughs> I won't. I won't. Oh, I could see you going on for one of the girls. Thank you. Yeah. If I, there's ever a night where two girls are sick and Theron has to go on for one, we're going to need another one. I know. I know we will. All right. We're going to close this podcast out, but is there anything, any final notes or advice you would like to give to people? Um, keep your chin up. You're going to get 100 no's before you get that yes, but once you get that yes, it's going to feel so damn good. Um, and yeah, um, I don't know. You want to keep up with my wild journey. I'm Like she said, I'm always on Instagram. I'm at Darren Burser underscores between the three words. So D-A-R-R-E-N underscore B-U-R-R underscore S-I-R. Um, I'm not on Twitter because I can't deal with Twitter. Twitter stresses me out. I tried yeah, it once. It's a lot. People are meaner on Twitter than they are on Instagram. They're so mean on Twitter. Um, but yeah, come see Good Morning New York. Um... You have a show coming up too? I do? Wait, I do? Spud? Mm-mm. Not yet. But it's coming up. I saw the Facebook invite. It's your face with oh, a bunch that's of just, planets. That's, girl, that's just my birthday. My birthday's coming oh. up in two weeks. It's not <laughs> oh, a show. It's your birthday. Yeah. Oh. I'm turning 24 in two weeks. Oh, oh, because it's like all these planets in your face in the middle. Oh, that's I my that brand. I, I crop my head shaped like a potato onto <laughs> things that they don't belong on. Oh. That's my whole brand. I absolutely thought you had a show. All right. <laughs> I guess you don't have a show. Sorry, guys. If I do, I'll let you guys know, though. Yeah, great. And I'll give you a comp ticket to come. Yes, please do. Heck yeah. Please do. Industry comp. That's how I always get it. That's mm-hmm. how I got into your last one, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, media. You're the media. You're the media. You get into everything. Oh my God. One more thing. If you start a podcast and come to New York, just like get a media pass and you can go to all the stuff. Cheats. Cheats to life. I cheat ev- everything. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't cheat everything. I just like find loopholes and then find my way in. There you go. So thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, y'all. It's been fun.